Hey guys, Ben Shapiro here. I want you to be honest with yourself. You didn't watch that whole presidential debate. There's no way you could have if you're still here listening to this. But Andrew Clavin, Michael Knowles, Jeremy Boring, and I, we put ourselves through the torture of watching that instead for your enjoyment. So instead of listening to it yourself, why don't you sit back, relax, and let us tell you all about it on Daily Wire Backstage. Enjoy. Welcome to the Daily Wire Backstage. Jeremy said this debate wouldn't happen edition. I am, <laughs> I am the Jeremy in question, and I'm. Uh, we're just 15 minutes away from finding out if I owe every one of these schmucks 100 bucks each, which is still less than Ben had to pay us for his 2016 election prediction, but who's counting? <laughs> Joining me tonight to take my money are Ben Shapiro, Andrew Clavin, and Michael Knowles. We're glad you're here with us. We're going to watch this thing so that you also can watch it. I mean, I was going to say it so that you don't have to, but everybody has to. Like 65 million people watched uh, the debates in 2016. It's only going to be more people watching it uh, this time to see the two oldest candidates in the history of the Republic duke it out with or without breaks every 30 minutes, depending on who wins the coin toss. Uh, I know that's why you're here. I'm here to tell you about our pals over at Bravo Company Manufacturing. When the founders crafted the Constitution, the very first thing they did was make sacred the rights of the individual to share their ideas without limitation by their government. That is amendment number one. The second right they enumerated was the right of the population to protect that speech with their own, with uh, and their own persons with force. That is amendment number two. You know how strongly that I believe in these principles and everyone here, uh, every one of us, a gun owner. In fact, two two of the three of you, I took to purchase your first, I, yeah, that's uh, right. your first firearms. We are big supporters of firearm and personal responsibility. Uh, and we are big fa- uh, sponsors fans of Bravo Company Manufacturing. Uh, owning a gun, an awesome responsibility. Building rifles, no different. Bravo Company Manufacturing, or BCM for short, builds a professional-grade product, which is built to combat standards. The reason? Because BCM believes that the same level of protection should be provided to every American, regardless whether they are a private citizen or a professional. The people at BCM assume that when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life-or-death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. With that in mind, every component of a BCM rifle is hand-assembled and tested by Americans. The people at BCM feel it's their moral responsibility as Americans to provide tools that will not fail the end user when it's not just a paper target, but someone coming to do them harm. BCM also works with leading industry uh, instructors, excuse me, of marksmanship from the top levels of America's Special Operations Forces, Marine Corps uh, Force Reconnaissance to U.S. Army Special Operations Forces, connecting them with other Americans. The top instructors teach the skills necessary to defend yourself, your family, and others. That's why uh, I love our pals over at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Benjamin? They are indeed the best. (laughs) And one of the reasons that they are the best is because they make weapons that, again, you're going to use in self-defense. It's not for hunting. It's not for target shooting. It's because you might need to use a weapon. And when you need a weapon to work, you need it to come from Bravo Company Manufacturing. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head on over to bravocompanymfg.com. You can discover more about their products, special offers, upcoming news. That is bravocompanymfg.com. If you need more convincing than that, I don't know. After, after that sale from Jeremy, I don't know what, what more you need. <laughs> what you need to go check out YouTube.com slash Bravo Company USA for videos even more amusing than this one. Go check them out. YouTube.com slash Bravo Company USA. They do make better videos than we do. Well, I mean, they don't have to watch the debates. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're cheerful, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah. How much do you guys want to die? <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I'm very excited. Oh, I'm so hoping so that I'm hoping Trump eats Biden for lunch. I am a little nervous, though. There's some pitfalls. I would like to point out that the first time in now six months 
that Drew has come to the backstage in person was to take one hundred dollars from Jeremy. <laughs> so great! And I just want to say, <laughs> <laughs> we almost. <laughs> it is the first time we've all been together in like nine months. It's kind it's of true. Fun. Yeah, it's, true. it's, it's yeah. Been, oh, good pretty one. weird. And the last one for a long time. <laughs> since we're all leaving, and yeah, everybody's, just, everybody's everybody's just leaving you here, Drew. I'll be, I'll be sitting here sweeping up the streets. You know. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Because have you seen what's going on in the streets over here? <laughs> oh my god! You gotta take a mop, not a broom. You saw they shut down. Sunset last night. I saw no. that. Like full yeah. Bill, BLM full on shut down Sunset last yeah. night. Because why not? <laughs> why? Why? So, some men ask why. Some someone see a mountain and they ask why. Others see a mountain and they ask why not. Some see Sunset Boulevard and they ask why not. Well, because they already they already canceled Gone with the Wind, so they were going to cancel Sunset Boulevard, one of the other oh, great films uh, of the era. How was that? Was that a groaner? All right. Okay. Okay. So um, predictions. All right. Predictions. I, I have a prediction. My my prediction is this. Everybody's focusing. You'll love this. You're going to love this. <laughs> Comes at me, hit him. Everybody's focusing on Joe Biden. Will Joe Biden be able to do anything other than stand on his feet and not Mm -hmm. drool? But I actually think that Trump is the guy to watch today. And the reason I think this is because Trump, as we all know, is not exactly a scholar. He's not somebody who reads things. What? I know, a shock. shock. (laughs) But he is a guy who learns on the job. He is not the man he was in 2016. He is a guy who actually now knows what he's talking about. If he can convey that, if he can be articulate enough to convey the fact that he actually now knows that the, hmm. there is a country called Korea, maybe a north, maybe a south, somewhere out there, yep. that he knows how, how things work. He, he could actually make Biden look bad, even if Biden delivered. I, I like, oh, hold up, wait. So your theory is, <laughs> <laughs> let me, I just want to make sure that I'm following you. I love this. Your, your, your theory is that Donald Trump is going to drop knowledge on Joe Biden. Yeah. Not, not that he's going to yeah. drop a kitchen sink on him. I agree. He'll, yeah. he'll drop a kitchen sink. That's no, a special thing, right? I actually think he now has something he didn't have before, which is knowledge. Because this is the way he learns. He learns by doing stuff. I actually, I agree <laughs> with that. I'd also like to present Exhibit A. Hey, I'd like to present some evidence for this. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> did you watch the Trump town hall? So it was the, he was sitting down, uh, I forget, with some left-wing outlet. Yes, yes. Do you remember this? Good point. And he handled it incredibly well. He was measured. He was prepared walking in there. There was a setup question that was so easy. It was the the only reason they let this question come into that town hall was because it seemed like it was pro-Trump, but it wasn't. It was this woman who talked about, you know, how sad it was that her parents had had died from COVID and they all really loved Trump. And so isn't he going to open up the borders and not build the wall and, and increase immigration? And what did he do? He was totally sympathetic. He talked all about her and what a wonderful daughter she is and then moved on and he pivoted and he didn't take the bait. I I think that is evidence of learning something. So uh, I agree that if the Trump who showed up for that town hall shows up tonight, uh, he stands to to really gain a lot. My concern is that instead we'll get the Trump who showed up at that debate a couple of days ago, didn't know where Azerbaijan was or uh, was it Azerbaijan? No, it wasn't. I don't know where Azerbaijan is. Yeah, Yeah, you're not the president. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, I think that the real fear going into tonight is that Donald Trump thought that he was in a WWF match. I mean, he's good at WWE, right? And it's all crap talking beforehand. But Biden didn't take the bait. And what you're left with now is that Trump has basically set the bar so low for Joe Biden that it's hard to see how Trump can actually have a victory. If if Joe Biden does stay on his feet for 90 minutes, he, he all but wins the debate. It's a very dangerous thing to go into a debate that neither you nor your supporters believe you can lose, just ask Hillary 2016. No, I, I think that's fair, but you got to remember about these debates. They're not debates, right? They're not real debates. They are, they are opportunities to get a viral moment. And there are two or three viral moments. And where do the viral moments come from? They come from the quick wit. 
All of Trump's big moments in 2016 came from, I don't want to live in Trump's America. Yeah, because you'd be in jail. I, you know, all of these yeah. little quick, quick moments there. The, the, you call women ugly and terrible. Only Rosie O'Donnell, right? Zig, zig, zig. And Biden, he's, look, he, he can be charming. He's a stand-up comedian, right? I mean, he, he's great at going oh, Trump is God. a stand-up right? comedian. That's, he, insult comedy is his thing. The, the, the problem is, and I, I think this, is, this, this really is the difference between 2016 and 2020. It's not Trump. It's not that Trump has changed or anything. It's that Hillary Clinton is not Joe Biden and Joe Biden is not Hillary Clinton. What, what, what I mean by that is that people despise Hillary Clinton and legitimately so. I don't get the feeling that people viscerally despise Joe Biden. Like they look at him, they're like, who is this doof? Why is he here? They're kind of mildly annoyed by Joe Biden, if anything. Even if you really dislike him, it's mostly because you think he's a stand-in and kind of a liar and, <laughs> and kind of corrupt. But in the same way, everybody else in Washington, D.C. is a liar and corrupt, not in the unique horrible way that Hillary was, where yeah. just every time people on the right looked at Hillary Clinton, they saw this machine that was designed to go after the presidency in the most po ambitious possible way. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a klutz and he's a buffoon, Joe Biden, who somehow found himself in this position. And so there isn't the same sort of drama to the debate, meaning that going up to the debate against Hillary, it, and this, this really pervaded the, the primaries in the Republican side, yeah. it was who is going to just clock her? Right? Who is going to go in that debate and just throw at her the Clinton Foundation and throw at her her corruption and throw at her bill and throw at, and, and who, who's going to do a press conference with the accusers five seconds before? Right. right? Who's going to do that? And the only person up here who's going to do that is this crazy reality TV show host. I really I think that was worth ten points from in the primaries. Yeah. This time around, I just don't get the sense that it's like and people are just drooling, you know, foaming at the mouth no, to see somebody clock Joe this, Biden. All this I I agree with. We, since we don't know what's going to happen, I can agree with it. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Anything could possibly happen. But the one thing is is that Biden has not been hit with a single tough question, not one, yeah. since this thing has started. I mean, he was being asked this, about the state of Trump's soul. He, one of the right. questions he was asked is, why aren't you more angry at Donald Trump? Right. He, I mean, they, they have like not me, been, the, yeah. the unbiased journalist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, they haven't been playing softball with him. They've been playing like but wiffle he did, ball. But he know. did take some blows during the primary, and he held up. He, yeah, he managed yeah. to be victorious. But those, were, but those were blows from the left. Those weren't blows from the right. Meaning that the blows from the left, his whole candidacy was... Yeah. I am the moderate bulwark right. against the Kamala Harris's, against the Bernie Sanders, against the Elizabeth yeah. Warrens. If he takes a blow from the right, like a serious blow from the right, it could theoretically hurt him because his whole campaign is that he's moderate. So what that means to me is that the temptation for Trump, I think, tonight and always is going to be go after the fact that he's quasi-senile, go after the fact that he seems like he's in poor health, go after Hunter Biden's cocaine use, right? Like, go after the fact that he has grandchildren that he apparently doesn't know about, right? Go, go after all the things that Trump really is animated by, because right. all, all the National Enquirer stuff is the stuff, like, he won't read the Intel reports, but he'll read the National yeah. Enquirer. And so that's the stuff he's really interested in. But the stuff he actually needs to hit him on is the radicalism of packing the court. He needs yeah. to force him oh, to yeah. answer whether he's going to disassociate from both Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And he should say why, he should ask him on the stage, Joe Biden, you expressed sympathy for an alleged rapist in Kenosha while ripping into the police and saying they should be arrested. So what the hell's the deal with that, right? That's the stuff where totally. he really needs to hit hard. And I think, I, I, my fear is that he won't, that he'll go after all of the kind of red meat Sleepy for the crowd. Joe. Exactly, the yeah. Sleepy but Joe I, stuff. I, do, but, I, I wonder if this is the kind of thing that he has learned because he does, I hope. Like, this is where he's been living for the last four years. So he does know stuff that he didn't know before. Well, Jenna Ellis, your, your friend Jenna Ellis yeah. and ours <laughs> got mad at me on Twitter because I said, don't get cocky. No, that's and right. She said, and she said, well, I think the president has earned a measure of trust that he always knows what he's doing. The problem is he, the president has not demonstrated for four years that he always knows what he's doing. He's demonstrated that he often knows what he's doing. But there are several blunders mm -hmm. that we've all skipped right over. And the way that he has framed this debate, listen, if he if he wins, then he did. Then he set it up the right way. Right. right. But he's made it harder to win by the way that he set it up. That's what I'm worried about.
Uh, I'm also worried about who's at my front door. Mm. <laughs> I got this new kid, you know. I adopted this child, this I know, human beautiful, baby. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank child. you, thank you. And well, I mean, I have nothing to do with it. That's, that's <laughs> the only way that could happen. Her mind honestly. is being crafted. Her mind is being crafted by me and her soul. Uh, unfortunately, I, I have found this amazing thing though that I am so much more defensive and protective now that I have this child in my home. Before you just had a wife, and it was like whatever. But now <laughs> yeah, I have a child. She, she can take care of herself. She married me. Uh, but this poor child, I want to know who's at my door, and that's why. Uh, I'm happy to work with Ring. Ring has security products for every corner of your home, inside and out. Best of all, you can see it all in one simple app. With Ring, you can keep an eye on your home no matter where you are, right from your phone. If someone stops by or something's going on, Ring lets you know. It's peace of mind anytime knowing that your home is protected. I've been traveling a lot, going to our new homeland of Tennessee. Still taking some getting used to for a Texan and a Los Angelino. <laughs> and I've been able to keep an eye on things back at home because of the power of Ring. You can see and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. Keep an eye on every corner of your house with an easy to install indoor and outdoor cameras. Protect your whole family with Ring Alarm, a powerful, affordable, whole home security system that you can easily install yourself. It's so easy that I was able to install it and then go over and help Ben install his. <laughs> that is 100% true. What I'm looking forward to the most is that now when I'm not in LA anymore, somebody is going to ring that doorbell and I'm just going to pick up and say, I'm not in LA. Ha 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 ha, but you are. So if you want that same feeling, all you have to do is both move and also get Ring. Head on over to ring.com slash backstage. You get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash backstage. It comes with Ring's Video Doorbell 3 and Chime Pro, the perfect way to start your Ring experience plus free two-day shipping. Go to ring.com slash backstage. That is ring.com slash backstage. So here's how this thing's going to work. We're going to sit here and watch the debate. All right. If you are a Daily Wire all-access... Oh, wait, I'm leaving. Nah, I know. If you're a Daily Wire all-access subscriber, you're going to be able to join us as we watch the debate. Uh, we'll be in the discussion group. You can go up there, click on the discussion, come on over. We'll be answering questions as we go and maybe making little comments if I know us. After that, stick around after the debate, and we will be back here with the live stream episode of Backstage for some instant analysis from, you know, us. If you're an all-access member, again, head over to the discussion page because that's where we will be taking questions and making, I think, pithy little comments that are sure to delight and, you know, <laughs> also probably piss you off. Because <laughs> what I have found is that all of our super fans, they actually are not, like if you were a band, and you have some super fans. Yeah. They're like always excited to hear the new song. You know, they're always excited to find out like who you're dating now or what you're wearing. Our super fans come for the dopamine hit of being pissed off at it. <laughs> Every time it's like, they don't like soccer. Officiate my wedding. <laughs> they always say that. They're, they're always, always saying things saying like that. that. So here we go. We're going to tune into this debate. Thanks for uh, joining us, and we will see you right after. No! <laughs> <laughs> Well, holy crap, it's after all of that. Shut up. <laughs> you <That> clown. Was, <laughs> I do want to acknowledge, after the worst debate that I've seen in my adult life yes. of observing politics, uh, I do have to confess that the debate did, in fact, happen. So here you go. All right. Thank you, sir. Wow. There you go. $100. I basically made that peddling your name. So it's only fair there is to get this some This really turned out, actually. I changed my mind about the debate. This is great. No amount of money for what we no, just No, I'm cheap. That, would, that actually was it. Fair enough. As a conservative, a handling a over the price now at this point, Clayton. As a conservative grifter, every now and then it's good to part with some of the money that I've made. Well, that was what a absolutely show, the worst. What a debate I, I have yeah. to I have to say we are, I think we're all agreed on that. Yeah. It, was, it was a disaster. It was a chaos. Okay, so who should we start with? 
Because it was like a disaster all the way around. Yes. yes. Meaning, so here, here's the problem. From a 30,000 foot level, if you think Trump already is winning, then you're real happy because nothing changed. If you think Trump is losing, like the polls say, then you're also happy. You're, you're happy because nothing changed. Meaning that, yeah. that the, what, the, what, the, what the debate really did more than anything else was just underscore all of the personality foibles and flaws of both of the candidates. Biden is not completely there. He is irritable. He is harassable. He, he can get under his skin. He says nasty things. Yeah. And Trump is a badger. And yeah. there's a theory out there that one of the reasons that Trump has not been able to pick up support, despite the fact that Biden is an incredibly weak candidate, is because people are just tired. If you are of the mind that people are so tired of all of this, this has been an exhausting year yep. from beginning to end. It's been exhausting. And really, it's been exhausting since before the election, 2015. But it's been exhausting for four years because the, the, because the news cycle has been nonstop for four years. If you abide by the theory that the least exhausting candidate wins, Trump was absolutely exhausting tonight. No, now, if, if you are somebody who thinks, okay, well, he took it to Biden and he was punching him and he was, he was rabbit punching him and he was, it was just punch, 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 punch all night. That's okay. I mean, that's fine. But if you're thinking of this outside of the vacuum of the debate alone. It has always been Biden's biggest strength. The reason he's, and, and you and I talked about this in the West Wing three years ago. The reason that Biden is the greatest threat to Trump is because he is the alternative to all the chaos of the last three years, whereas a Bernie would have represented a new kind of chaos. That's right. A Warren would have represented Biden, despite all of his flaws, I think benefits from tonight for the simple fact that I wasn't exhausted when I watched it. This is the I, issue, I, though. I, I, I take issue with this. I, I half agree with you in that it was a chaotic, horrible debate. Yes. I thought it was a chaotic, horrible debate. It's, it's worse for Trump because if the polls are right, he's trailing in the poll. Right, and, and Brown, I think yeah. it, it moved the needle not at all. Yeah. I think that Biden, it, it confirmed everything we thought about each candidate. Biden was a, a bore. He didn't know what he was talking about. He was a blithering idiot. He said some pretty horrible things, by the way. And, and he did. Antifa's only, he said Antifa's only a philosophy. It's right. not a group. Trump's said, a racist. Systemic racism infuses every single element. There's a, a two-part a two-tier system in America, in every single part of America, right? He said not just about the justice system, yeah. but in the economy, everywhere. I mean, that's an evil thing to say because it is not true. And, and, and Trump benefited from the fact that Chris Wallace was yes. the worst thing in the debate. He benefited from that, but his constant interruptions, A, were bad strategy. Let Biden talk because he makes a fool of that's himself. That's right. It's just yeah. bad strategy. And, it, and B, it's just annoying. It's annoying. To so not the funny the, thing I is, I want to hear the other guy talk. Donald Trump and Chris Wallace had the same strategy. Yes, you're right. Which right. was just hector and badger and interrupt. Yeah. The best thing that the president had going for him tonight was Chris Wallace. Yep, totally. I, I do want to say this because a lot of the people Which watching. by default, by the way, that Biden wins. That's right. Meaning that if, that, if, that if Trump and Wallace were the losers of the evening, then Biden with all the, the badgering, then Biden is what but, he has always been. Uh, he's, he's the guy who's still standing after the giant NASCAR wreck. Yeah, but I right? want to say. trailing the field. I want to say out of the gate before we, before we yeah. talk any more about this. The vast majority of the people watching us are going to vote for Donald Trump. We're all going to vote for Donald Trump. The vast Trump. majority of the people wanting, watching us want the president to win. That's right. And when you watch tonight, Including us. it may be frustrating to you that we say that the president had a bad night. Uh, a lot of media outlets take the position that what we're supposed to be doing right now is, is basically image building for the president, that we're supposed to basically fly. No matter what he did tonight, our job is to come out and tell you how great he did, yeah. how successful he was, how undefeatable he is, and give you some kind of talking points so that tomorrow... When you're at the water cooler, you can defend the president's performance. That's just really not what we're about. Yeah, I think yeah. if you want that, go tune, tune into Fox News. If you start getting mad because we say the president didn't do great tonight, be mad at the president for not doing great tonight. Yeah. He's got two more debates. I'm not paying on every debate. I think this oh, was like on. a the debates oh, happened. You got your money. Oh, <laughs> the president has time to make up some ground. 
But if he gives that performance at each of the two subsequent debates, I don't see how he I, I he agree that the badgering was frustrating and he shouldn't have done it. I agree with that. He shouldn't have done it as much as he did. He should have done it a little this, bit. Uh, right. But the, the issue is, Ronald Reagan said it. The, the only way you can have peace, you can have it in the next minute, the only guaranteed way to have peace is surrender. Yep. And this is the issue, and this is why Trump's got a pester and badger. Because when you actually threaten the left, I'm not talking about just cutting taxes or something. I mean, actually threaten what the left is about. They come at you relentlessly, like Chris Wallace did tonight. Chris Wallace, I think, is a Democrat, but he's on, ostensibly, the right-wing network. And he was awful. He was terrible, terrible. tonight. And think about it. It's only going to get worse, Although right? He's I, the most conservative guy. I will say that, that Wallace did morph over the course of the night. So for the first 45 minutes, he wasn't terrible. And then yeah, he, he started worse. to get very, very terrible. I yeah. and I, 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 on climate I'll, change, he interrupted the oh, president that was, that was six the worst. Okay. times. Yeah. That was awful. Him. The white supremacy question was absolutely oh, awful. Ridiculous. Because it, the, the premise of the critical race theory thing was completely awful, where he yeah. suggested that it was yeah. just, you know, racial sensitivity training, where we're all supposed to be nice to each other. And that's also Trump's fault for not being able to explicate it. But it is Wallace's fault for asking a garbage question. But you, you got the impression with Wallace that he came in with a game plan, and Trump completely threw over the table. And Wallace didn't know what to do, and so he just became another one of the debaters. It was like a three person debate again. Yeah. And we saw this a lot in 2012 with Romney and, and Obama, where the, right. where the moderator trying to save Obama would insert themselves into the debate and become part of the story. I thought you saw that with Wallace a, a lot tonight. But to, to, it, yeah. to me, the, the bottom line is that when it comes to Trump's hectoring and badgering, listen, I'm good at debate, right? I do it professionally. You, there are times where this is good. When you ask somebody a question and they refuse to answer the question and you follow up with the same question and they refuse to answer the question and so you follow up again and you ask them the same question. And so he could have done that a series of times. Where he, could have done that. he did it a little bit on packing the court yep. and then he did it a little bit again later when he said, you know, can you name a single police organization across the country that supports you? The problem is when you do it on every single yep. thing yep. all night, there is no point of contrast. No, right? even, the, the, even I want to hear what Joe Biden has to say. And it's not just I want to hear what Joe Biden has to say. It's that you really have to pick your spots. Yeah. Right? If all you're doing is throwing haymakers all night long, right. it is, and, and some are hitting and some are not, it's very difficult at that point to even tell which ones are hitting and which ones are I, not. I, all you get is the general sense that he's punching. So we're going to keep talking about it. First, I want to talk about our friends over at Policy Genius. If you have loved ones, depending on your income, you got to do the right thing and get some life insurance. Uh, you know that I've, I've sort of outlined for you guys my personal journey of getting life insurance. Uh, through Policy Genius, I didn't think I would still be here because once I said it aloud and my wife was like, wait, we have life insurance? <laughs> Pretty much thought the jig was up. But it is your responsibility. People depend on you and you need to provide for them in, in the event that something terrible happens. Right now, you could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. When you're shopping for a policy that could last for a decade or more, those savings really start to add up. What is Policy Genius? Excellent question, Drew. <laughs> Policy Genius is an insurance marketplace built by and backed by a team of industry experts. The way it works, you go online to policygenius.com in minutes. You can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Step two, you apply for the low. I wish I had said step one and then step one, and you could have said, no, 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 two. Step two. <laughs> step two, you apply for your lowest price. Step three, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. Policy Genius works for you not for the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they take care of everything. I, I think I told you guys I ran into problems. My problems were related to uh, COVID. Yeah. I, I couldn't get the health checkup that I needed. When I did get it, the person came out and there was a problem. And they weren't actually able to conduct it. I didn't have to chase it down. I didn't have to go try to solve the problem. I just called my rep over at Policy Genius. They took care of everything. They rescheduled it, sent someone back out uh, to me, even during these trying times, so that I could get life insurance to provide for my new uh, growing family. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius 
five-star ratings across over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Generally speaking, life insurance policies do not cover suicide, so it would be of no use to you during that particular debate. But for many other circumstances, life insurance is an absolute must, and you should head over to yep. policygenius.com to get started. You could save 1500 bucks or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice and quite important to get it right. Okay, guys, you got anything to say about this? I, I do, I do. I actually do have a thing to say, which is... All I, of my inhibitions are gone. There, it's <laughs> totally... I agree. I totally agree with your point that Trump was throwing way too many haymakers and he was badgering too much. But the thing I think we're overlooking here is here's what I think we're overlooking in a normal presidential year. Yes. No, in a normal presidential year, you want the president to seem stately and in control and to right. And he's just debating the Democrat. But that doesn't work for Trump. That's not how he got elected. That's not how he's ever thought about running for office. He is this different thing, which is he's got to be the outsider. I think one-on-one does not work as well for Trump as two-on-one. I think he actually, it benefits Trump to have Chris Wallace jumping in there, Jeremy, as you said at the top of it. And the, the crazy thing about Trump is he is this billionaire who is outside the establishment. How has he worked to that image? I don't know, but he sure has. He talks like a truck driver from Queens is part of it. And what's even crazier is he's a billionaire for 40 years or whatever. He's now the president and he somehow presents as outside of the establishment. The only way that works is when you're fighting Joe Biden, very establishment Democrat, and Chris Wallace, who's been part of the DC establishment forever. I'm not saying it was a great night for him. I'm just saying that no, framework is- I, is yeah, I agree with that. that. The, only, the only thing I think about this is I just think it was, it was, a, it was a wash. Yeah. The media is gonna come out tomorrow. Their whole story is gonna be that he didn't denounce white supremacy clearly enough. You know, that when he, they said white supremacy, he said, proud boys, stand back, but somebody has to deal with these people. Yeah. That sounded like he was saying, you know, wait, hold your, <laughs> hold your water and then go into yeah. an attack. That's what they're going to run. So that's what they've been doing to him for the whole time. If everything else is a wash and he's behind in the polls, yeah. that means he remains behind. It's a blown opportunity. Yeah. It's a blown opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And, right. and, 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 and by the way, that's typical for a first debate for the incumbent. I, well, that, that is the I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I may be on Jeremy's side. I'm not sure there will be a second. I, I'm not. Either. I mean, like, especially after that one, I could yeah. easily see Joe Biden saying that was completely that was a complete waste of time. He wouldn't let me talk. Right. I'm just not doing it anymore. Yeah. And I'm calling a lid on the rest of the campaign, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I could, I could yeah. absolutely yeah. see him doing that. Um, there, the, the last I, answer I that he gave about voting and then the Supreme Court and not accepting the results of an election is a complete fail. It is, it is, it, 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 it honestly, it's, it's extraordinarily counterproductive. It's discouraging his own voters from voting by mail, which is idiotic because all the Democrats are going to go vote by mail. But, and it's, and it's legitimizing all of the Democratic complaints that he's not going to hand over power because right. he's going to try and go through the Supreme Court, which now puts Coney Barrett on the hook for whatever dumb crap he says about, you know, ballot counting or whatever. Do I think it's a major mistake? No. But do I think that he can afford any mistakes at this point? No. And that's the bottom line. If you want him to win, the whole thing is he has to do better than this. Yeah. It can't just be a wash. Okay, when you're behind nine points in the polls, in two separate polls in Pennsylvania, when you are running dead even in Florida and you're running within three in Georgia, right? And there's a poll today that had Biden up in Georgia. Okay, th these are not the numbers you need in order to be this sanguine that's, about these opportunities. I completely, and I completely agree. I think if you- I'm, I'm, Honestly, I'm angry at him. I'm angry at him yeah. that he didn't do better. I'm angry at him that he didn't do better. I'm not angry at him because if I want him to lose. I'm angry at him because I want him to win. If okay, I'm angry at him the same way I'm angry at my six-year-old and my four-year-old when they're having a fight with each other. I'm like, just don't do this. Just don't do it. Yeah. And honestly, maybe that's part of my problem is that I go home and I deal with my six-year-old and four-year-old slapping <laughs> the crap out of each other every day. And then I figure, okay, well, you got a couple people who are 70. They probably won't do that. And then I realize that the most rational part of my day was my six-year-old calling my four-year-old a poop head and my four-year-old smacking her in the grill. <laughs> you know, if you take your six-year-old saying, 
I think I deserve. He he made a statement. I would like to respond to this. I think if you take the debate out of context and you just look at it as a debate, it was a wash. But I think if you put it in the context of what the polls are saying, if the polls are right and and yeah, right. always with the proviso. It's it's it is it is bad. By the Trump, way, I mean, you want him to you want him to have won. And in the moments in the moments when he did what you say, yeah. in the moments when he punched. Uh, properly into Biden's talk, then he he was winning. I actually disagree with this. Because in the moments where he was doing what he should do, Chris Wallace would interrupt him and stop him from being able to. Well, he did do that. And and what the president didn't do a good job with tonight, so I don't think he did a good job debating Biden, but I also don't think he did a good job debating Chris Wallace. Mm. I agree. And if he had handled Wallace more like Newt Gingrich handled the press in uh, 2012, or even as Trump handled... uh, uh, Anderson Cooper and whoever uh, whoever it was uh, during the debate with Hillary right after the yeah. Access Hollywood tape broke, the president did a great job of handling an oppositional debate moderator in that particular debate. Tonight he didn't. Yeah. And so you can't really come up with a single time when the president won an exchange. Hmm. Because he either did a poor job with Biden or he did a poor job with Wallace. Well, I, I, think I, I think that's, that's the reason I also, for that I is what Ben said, though. Right. I think the reason is that it crept up on him. That, that, that this is right. Wallace was not, was not bad. And I also think that part of that is because Wallace, so to people who are watching you know, closely, I think you can see Wallace change over the course of the debate from a oh, guy yeah. who wants to ask the question, then let them talk and let it go. Because the beginning, he is letting it go like yeah. a fair bit. Like They're really talking over each other for the first 15 minutes of the debate. I mean, solid 15 minutes where Wallace really does not interject. And then Wallace starts to realize, I need to actually get in control of this debate. I'm the moderator. It's time for me to moderate. And the problem is that because Trump has talked over Biden so much at that point that when Wallace steps in and says, Mr. President, you need to show etiquette, then everybody kind of goes, well, somebody needs to reestablish some sort of control here. But the problem is, of course, that Wallace didn't reestablish some some level of neutral control. He then proceeded to, instead of saying, listen, the time limit has run, stop talking, the time limit has run. Instead of doing that, he he went to, I'm now going to badger the crap out of you on a bunch of questions where... I would not badger Joe Biden. He was, or I'm going to one, step in to protect he was Joe Biden. 100% running cover for Joe Biden. Yeah, of course. Chris Wallace was running cover for Joe Biden. In the last 45 minutes, I totally agree. In the first 45 minutes, I'm not sure I agree with that. But even beyond that, you, you know, he keeps attacking the president for his lack of etiquette. Joe Biden called the president of the United States a clown twice. Told the president of the United States to shut up two or three times. Called him a racist. Directly called him a racist twice. Have we ever had a presidential debate in the last 100 years? Have we oh, had a presidential shame. debate that that contentious? Shame. No, but I'm, again, like, I don't mean to be, I, I feel like a parent here, but when my, my kids are fighting, like, it is rarely one of them who is being a jerk. Usually both of them are being a jerk. I mean, the president did say that Joe Biden was was mentally inept, right? <laughs> he said, you know, you couldn't even spout these sentences or he called, he called them stupid. Like, forget the truth of whatever these insults are to each other. And my general view of insult fights is that generally everybody's correct. Uh, but it's, <laughs> but, the, but the, the reality is that who is the target audience is the question that we should all have in mind. The target audience is not us. The target audience is, is really not really supposed to be the, ba- the, the base. I mean, the debates are really for the people who are in the middle. Is there anybody in the middle who changed their mind in I, any significant way if, on this? If, if, if they did, I think it's suburban I, moms who were like, eh. If I hadn't thought that Jeremy was going to give me $100 after this debate, I would have tuned out after the first 15 minutes. This is yes. exactly right. But I think you, after the first 15 minutes, the sucker was over. Yeah. After the first 15 minutes, I tuned out. Yeah. Okay, I was I, watching I it, but too. like... I it's not just a debate, though, about the people right now. It's also a debate to establish what's happening on Election Day and after the election. And this is why I, I'll push back a little bit on the mail-in answer. I agree. I don't think he handled it great, but I do think he had to address the issue of the widespread mail-in voting. He made this distinction, maybe too many times, but he made it importantly, between a solicited mail-in ballot, absentee yeah. ballots, ballots for the military, right. which, yeah, which are great. great. They've worked for a long time. And unsolicited mail-in ballots, 
response. Now we are told, by the way, if you criticize, if you suggest there could be fraud with the unsolicited widespread mail-in ballots, even though you can point to it, right? The James O'Keefe story about Ilhan Omar's district or the box found on the side of the road or the box right. found mislabeled. If you, if you, you can even point to discrete examples. They'll say, mail-in ballots have never had any problem <laughs> in America. And you say, sure, widespread unsolicited mail-in ballots have never occurred. Well, they are totally unprecedented. First, Chris Wallace wouldn't actually let him make that answer about solicited versus unsolicited. Because right. by that point, Wallace was fully a third debater in the, uh, in the contest. So I think that that's... Well, uh, the, the bigger Wallace problem is, is this. What, what is the south. typical... I mean, he's gone south in, on Fox News as yeah. well. Yeah, but the, I've never liked his technique. I've never liked the technique for repeatedly interrupting people who aren't... If you aren't filibustering, you shouldn't interrupt an answer, and he does it all the time. But yeah. now he, he's got a little bit of Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. I think he really thinks sure. there's something about Trump that is specifically uh, uh, offensive to him that he goes after. Yeah. And after all, listen... We all know Trump has his big flaws and he can be incredibly offensive and all this. But Joe Biden also has his huge flaws and is incredibly offensive. Biden got away with nearly everything tonight. Yes. I mean, really yep. nearly everything. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, to me, the one that stuck out when, when it came to Wallace is Wallace specifically, I believe, said before the debate that he was really going to follow up with Biden on the packing the court thing. Yeah. He really didn't. He, he did. asked Biden about it and Biden elided it again. And instead did. of him and instead of him just terrioring him yep. the way he did with Trump on global warming. Instead, he just sort of let it go. Right. And that was the first, I thought, indicator of the night. Because that happened about 20 minutes yeah, in. That was right the now. first indicator of the night where I was like, oh, this yep. is going to go south on, on Wallace real fast here. Yep. But as far as the mail-in ballot thing, here's the problem. Again, this runs to the exhaustion syndrome. Yep. Biden was saying, listen, what, I mean, his answer at the end was, whatever the answer is, all the ballots will be counted, and then you'll have a president. And, and Trump's answer was, well, there could be widespread mail-in voting, ball the, the, they could be corrupt ballots, they could be fraudulent ballots. And so people go, wait a second, there may not be an end to this ever. That's right. It's ever. It's actually so, Trump's worst answer. It's, it's such a... Because even if he plans on contesting it, the right answer tonight was, I'm going to make sure that we have a fair election, well, but... If I lose a fair election, I am I will, of course, concede what, the election. What's so funny about this is we know Biden plans on contesting. Exactly. Election. Of course we yeah. know that. He's already hired 600 lawyers. He's already bragged about this. And this is part of the issue, though, on the mail and encouraging the mail-in versus in-person is we I think I'd be willing to put money down right now that Trump wins on election night. If they even count the votes on election night, they might not even do that. But uh, the votes counted on election night, I suspect he wins. The Democrats are already admitting this. They're saying it, he'll win, but it'll be a red mirage. Yeah. And then they're going to find some boxes of ballots on a truck somewhere in Jersey or whatever. And then <laughs> then somehow <laughs> Biden by, by the will way, win. To be fair, that did happen in 2018. I mean, we were here and we said this is not a blue wave. And then over the course of the next three weeks, it became a blue wave. There were a bunch of seats that, that we thought were going to go red that yeah. ended up going purple, particularly in Orange County. Yeah, I love those mail-ins. Yep. <laughs> love them. But, yeah, for the first time, Orange County has these mail-in ballots. It's the first time that they've gone Democrat. Well, the, the ballot harvesting. The ballot, the ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting is a real that? problem. It's a real problem. And it's he's really not wrong to he's not wrong to point that out. But he is wrong to go on for five minutes about how Agreed. the election might be fraudulent. Yeah, no, that contest. was that, you're you're it's, absolutely it's right. And, and Are you tired? And it is I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> and if, I'm like really, I'm tired. And I'm not just tired because I got up at five thirty this yeah. morning, right? I'm I'm tired no, because exhausting. this was exhausting. Was. Was exhausting. And who was more exhausting? I mean, let's let's just be raw about this. Who was more exhausting on the stage, Trump or Biden? I, you know, I, I got I, there. I, that's where I challenge you. I thought the whole thing was exhausting. I thought that they were. It was. I think it was Jonah Goldberg who tweeted that it was like a remake of Grumpy Old Men, and that's what I really thought it was. I did not think 
that Trump was more exhausting than Biden. I thought Biden was was really awful. Yeah. I, I didn't think, I thought it was a wash. I think so, both, again, I think again taking the debate out of context, out of the polls, out of everything, if I just, if you just showed me that debate and I didn't know the context, I would just think this was a disaster. It was yeah. chaos. I don't know who yeah. won. The, the I don't problem know is this Biden, right. Biden, I don't know. But Biden didn't contribute to the chaos. This is right. Biden, Biden gave a bad performance, but he did not contribute oh, to the clown, chaos. Clown, shut up. Yeah. No, yeah. but that's not the, the chaos is Donald Trump didn't allow Joe Biden to get a word in edgewise. Yeah, right. And Chris Wallace didn't let Donald Trump get a word in yeah. edgewise right. in no, the second that's half. Fair. That's fair. That's the in fact, chaos. In fact, yeah, the one, that is the one thing that Biden has been very consistent about throughout these debates. Right? He strategically withdraws from the debates. Right? In the primaries, yeah. he would withdraw for 20 minutes in the debates. He would yeah. just disappear. And then he would duck back in and say, my time has elapsed. It is another word elapsed. My time has expired. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, then he, and, then he would, and then he would stop himself, literally dead in the middle of the answer. We'd all be like, what was that? Like, why didn't he just continue his answer? Like, it was the difference between somebody saying jerky things, which he did. He said a bunch of terrible, horrible. jerky things tonight, horrible things. Like, in fact, I think he said a couple of things that are actually outright evil, including the idea that America is yep. racist in all of its iterations. Yep. I thought that was an evil thing to say. I think it's an evil thing to say. But he, but it is the difference between a person occasionally saying nasty things you don't like and a person in your ear going, <laughs> and that's, and that, that's, that's what it was. I have children. I'm in the car with them. Jeremy can attest that when we are on the phone and children are screaming in the car, your first reaction is to hang up the phone. Right. I doubt, uh, I doubt five, five, there are four of us in this room. I doubt five people made it all the way through the end of that debate. Oh, I agree. No, I, I agree. I agree. And, but, again, but again, I just think that they were both awful in different ways. And I, and you're, and you're, what, a, what a referendum on America. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, Everybody's oh awful. Are you kidding me? Are Everyone kidding me? in no, his I, or her own I, way. I, I, think when you're, I think when you're watching a debate like this and you think back to what debates used to be, even at their most zingy, you know, even like your most like uh, captured moment, I, I, I zinged you and now yeah. I'm on TV. Even then, this was a disaster. Oh, Remember, yeah, okay, so the zingers used to be, you're not, you're no John F. Kennedy. You're no John, exactly. Right? And, it, and he had to set it up. He had moments to set that, that joke up. Right, or, yeah. you know, agent and experience, right? right. Agent it, it, and like, experience won. I mean, when Ray, Reagan says, I will not make age an issue of the campaign, and, yeah. and Mondale laughed. Right. Yes. It was that respectful that yeah. Mondale this laughed was, at the joke. Honestly, it just shows the, the, degra the degradation of the American intellect, I, I gotta say, because, like, <laughs> our insults used to be good insults. Yeah. Like, these were crap third grade level insults. Oh, yeah. You're a racist. You're a moron. You're stupid. You're, your son's a drug addict. You're like, this is, this is the thing. <laughs> we get what we deserve good and hard in this country. That's honestly. the thing that's that has it. hurt me about Trump from the very beginning. The very beginning is that I think that Trump is necessary to do what he has done, which has been yeah. great. Some yeah. of the stuff he's done has been great. I think he's necessary, but I think it's tragic that it's necessary. I think it is tragic that in order to do the kinds of things that Trump has done, you have to be a bull and you have to be a bully. And I think that that's, that's too bad. Again, I, I would be okay with all of those things. If the, on, a, on a pure Machiavellian political level, I'd be okay with all of those things if I thought that they were drawing him closer to victory. I just don't think that drew him closer to really? victory. Really? Because I wouldn't even be, I mean, I would be happier. I said on a Machiavellian would, level, on a virtuous I know, I level, be, I wouldn't, right? On a virtuous I level, happier. I prefer this is Lincoln Douglas. But it ain't Lincoln Douglas. Yeah. This is the world we live in. I get it, right? Okay. I get it. Okay. As I've said before, I don't think that Trump is the murderer. I think he's the coroner. I think he came across the body of American politics. That's right. And yeah. he said, okay, <laughs> this body is cold. And then people are like, oh, you're standing above it with a knife. It's like, no, I took the knife out of the body. I didn't murder the body. Right. Right. Like, I've been saying that for a long time. I, no, I think that's absolutely right. That's but perfect description. Yeah. It, yep. With that said, like, on a pure just Machiavellian, you want to see, you like the guy's policies. What you want the tragedy to be yeah. is not a tragic flaw, right? I mean, normally the tragedy no, ends with like an actual flaw. tragedy where he yeah. does all the good things. And then it turns out that his tragic flaw eats him alive. Yeah. Right? I mean, then that's, that's, that's the narrative that's being drawn right that's here. Is that I he's think, a man that's who, what I think it is. I think. I, I think that's right, too, because Donald Trump, the, the one thing we know about Trump more than any other human being, living or dead, is that the man loves the spotlight. Yeah. Right? He, yep. he, he cannot 
evade the spotlight. He's like a moth to it. Yeah. And in a time when people do not like you, the best move you have is to leave the spotlight. That's right. The best thing that happened to him in 2016, I heard it, Chris Steyerwald, I thought had an excellent analysis of, the, uh, of this. He does a good podcast with Dana Perino. And they were talking about 2016. He said the best thing that happened to Trump was the Access Hollywood tape. Why? Not because of the Access Hollywood tape, but because of two factors. One, Democrats thought he'd lost the election and they stayed home. And two, Donald Trump was so put off by the Access Hollywood tape, he went into hiding for three weeks. Mm. Yeah. And because he went into hiding for three weeks, the center of the election went... And it suddenly focused on Hillary. And when Comey hit her with that letter near the end of the election cycle, the only thing people were talking about in the week leading up to the election was Hillary Clinton. Do you think anyone is coming away from this debate talking about Joe Biden? No. Yeah, no. I, I, I think that that's that why it was a strategic error, leaving everything else aside. It was a strategic error to keep interrupting him because if you let Biden talk, he makes a yeah. fool of himself. Yeah. yeah. He should have done that. I was sure he should have rope doped them a little bit more. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. We want to thank you guys for joining us. We're going to be back for whatever... Debates might <laughs> ensue. I'm not going to make any bets about whether or not they will or will not. Uh, but if they do, we will be here. Until then, uh, you can hear from these guys on the morrow as they bring you their normal podcast. <laughs> and you can hear from me, hopefully never again. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Daily Wire Backstage is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer is me, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Our assistant director is Pavel Wadowski. And our technical producer, Austin Stevens. Editing is by Jim Nichol. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. And our audio assistant is Robin Fenderson. Playback is operated by Nick Sheehan. And hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. Daily Wire Backstage is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.